This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello. Will Simmons in the chat. Early gang. Who else we got? A couple people watching. Four people waiting. But now they're not waiting because we are live. And uh, I'm not going to waste any time. This is a quick one, honestly. We only have really one game to talk about, and we'll hit on a couple other things. Not going to waste any time, like I said. Let's get right to it. We're doing that Brooklyn Nets Nets talk talk. right here on Talking Nets. Brooklyn, we go hard. We go go hard. Talking Nets. Talked by Keith McPherson, Robin Lundberg, and Hudson Flynn. Oh, yes, sir. Welcome right back. Talking Nets, episode 201. Shout out to the 201. Keith McPherson, Hudson Flynn, Robin Lumberg. A little bit later tonight, I had some errands to run. I had to go do some things for my future son. I picked up some kicks for my son. He's not even born yet. It's a wild feeling for me. Uh, About to be a dad in like three weeks. It's crazy. I feel like a different person already. What's up, guys? How you guys doing? Don't buy too many because, you know, they grow mad quick. So, you like, you just wind up with all these extra shoes. and I just already I caught them a couple pairs of J's. Right, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Man, even if he grows out of them fast, they're going to be cool just for a show. So, Do they still have uh, baby Kyrie's on the shelf? Oh, we don't do that anymore. We, <laughs> we're done with those. I'm still looking for a place to drop off uh, four pairs of Kyrie's. Two oh. Kyrie jerseys, two KD jerseys. A- Amazon will take the Kyrie's. <laughs> I could sell <laughs> them. I want to take give everything. Them away. I want to give them away to a grown man that still supports Kyrie Irving in the New York, New Jersey area. <laughs> Anywho, we'll get right to it, man. Last night, your Brooklyn Nets. Uh, first off, I want to say shout out to SGA and Oklahoma City. Um, and what they're doing over there. I don't think people talk about them enough. They're so young. I just feel like people don't talk about them enough in regards to like being a team that can sneak up on you, a team that actually can beat you. And they did that yesterday. Um, It is what it is. I'm not tripping over that loss. It was a frustrating loss. Don't get me wrong. Um, But I'm not sweating it. I guess it's tough to lose that game and then see yourself drop back down into the standings. Um, But that's going to happen. That's going to happen the rest of this way. It's going to be a back and forth type of thing. Um, The end of that game was frustrating. I know everybody's talking about Spencer Dinwiddie and uh, his antics I've been talking about for a while. But, yeah, your Brooklyn Nets lose 121-107 to SGA and the Oklahoma City Thunder. And – I don't know. We'll go around the horn. I already said my piece on it. What are you guys thinking about last night's L? Well, the the part that hurts is they were playing so well 
in, in the first half of that game when they went up by 16 points. So coming off of the, the previous two wins and, and really this whole stretch of basketball, when you see him play that well in the first half, you, you got a bit, you're getting amped. You're like, oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, and then they, they kind of collapse at the end of the second quarter through the third quarter and the Thunder win the game. You're right about Oklahoma City. They're, they're not, you know, any sort of team to be uh, scared of right now in the playoffs. But going forward, they're, they're a team that can can take teams out because they play hard. They got a lot of young guys. SGA's a star. And when they get Chet, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with next year when they're they're fully, you know, developed uh, there and, and, and have their, their entire personnel and roster. As far as the Nets go, it's still a good road trip. Three and two, I think any of us would have signed up for that before the road trip started. Now you got this tough stretch of games at home. Um, the, the next four games were, are going to be key. You got to get like two and two. But the, the two players you focus on after that game are Dinwiddie, who some Nets fans have been frustrated with and who played great to start and then collapsed a little bit of it himself. But I, I found it interesting Jacques Vaughn had his back after the game. And, and Jacques Vaughn and, and Spence seemed to be simpatico. And Jock Vaughn said after the game that Spencer Dinwiddie shot six free throws and it should have been 16. So I don't think Dinwiddie is doing anything that is off script, at least to his head coach. And then there's Mikhail Bridges, who we've said a lot about. But I I still think through all the wins and and losses that may come the remainder of the season, one thing to keep in mind is the Nets have a burgeoning star here. And that's the thing to be most thrilled about. This guy is a stud. I mean, what did he score? 34 last night? 30, 34, 36, something like that? 30, 34 points. 34. Um, uh, 50% shooting. And he's starting to take the ball to the rack more. Have you noticed that? Like dribble, drive, attack that way in, in addition to those pull-up threes. And then you forget about the defensive end. I thought he was sensational defensively in the fourth quarter. I know SGA scored a ton of points, but Bridges was on him playing great defense in the fourth quarter. There was one play he had a block that wound up getting back into the Thunder's hands. Uh, the Thunder are also a bad matchup for the Nets because they kind of crashed the glass, and that's one of the, the Nets' weaknesses. But I, I don't feel much differently despite Nets' Twitter always losing its mind after every <laughs> single loss. Uh, I, I feel the same way that I did last time we recorded. And remember, you have Mikhail Bridges, and that's the, the most important thing, I think, out of everything we, we've seen thus far post-trade deadline. Yeah, and look, it's Wednesday, March 15th. If you count the first four, March Madness has already started up. That felt like when a good team in college loses to a just a team that catches fire from three, right? Lou Dort hitting six threes, that's off schedule. You can't you can't expect that to happen. He he always seems to go off against the Nets, interestingly enough. We got comments. Dort becomes Ray Allen every time he plays the Nets. Genuinely, Lou Dort is is a comical player when he plays the Nets. He just, he goes out of his mind. He's, he's absurd. And people talk about the Nuggets as almost a joke. They make jokes about, oh, they're, they got draft picks. They're trading for third graders. The, the 20- Thunder. Or the Thunder, excuse yeah. me. Um, yeah, the, th- the, they're, they have all these future draft picks. They have all these future assets. They have a team that has put together wins and they've put together wins getting, contributions not only from their stars obviously they have a young star soon to be superstar uh in sga chet is gonna is gonna be great in this league they have a lot of promise and this isn't a bad loss uh by any stretch of the imagination and robin like you were talking about not only did mikhail bridges get his seemingly automatic 30 plus point game genuinely he is automatic to get 25 and a half i know there's a a fan duel prop 
where you can bet over 25 and a half points a game on every game. If you just hit that for Mikhail Bridges for like $10 a night, you'd be rich. Mikhail Bridges also first team all defense. He had four blocks last night. He had four blocks last night as a small forward who played the entire game and blocks are definitely the kind of stat that uh, fades as you get tired and he's just unreal. And for the same reason he's getting those blocks, his length, he's also improving with going to the rack, which is something that we have seen Jacques Vaughn talk about in the past. If you remember, uh, there was a, a quote earlier in the, in the season and Jacques Vaughn said, yeah, we see that he's hitting these middies at, at a higher percentage. And we like that. It's good when the shots fall. But at the end of the day, we want to get to the basket. We want to take threes. We want to take those, you know, high efficiency, high probability shots uh, that analytics says is the ones to take. And you're seeing him improve in that. And all for all of the conversation about Spence, and I will say, I can't stand when Spence argues with the refs. I have no problem conceptually with any player arguing with the ref, refs. I think there's banter. I think it goes back and forth. I think it's important uh, for players to kind of assert themselves in those situations as long as it doesn't cross a line. But to the, when you're at a point where you're arguing with the refs and not getting back on defense, I think that definitely introduces some questions. But there is nothing really larger to look at from this game other than the fact that we saw Mikhail Bridges have a good game. We saw some other players have some pretty good games. Cam Johnson got 20 points. He hit three threes. And at the end of the day, the Nets lost, but this is still good signs. This is still positive momentum. It's not like we're going back into this now homestand where we are in some sort of a catastrophe where we need to get wins against good teams. Yeah, I'm just clipping together stuff because I'm I'm producing. Um, there's only a few places to go in this episode. Uh, we all pretty much gave our thoughts about the game, but uh, I'll throw this up from our little group chat. Points since the trade deadline. Uh, Mikael Bridges, balling. He's got more points than Kyrie and KD combined. And I'll say that to say this. Availability is the best ability. We got ourselves an Iron Man in place of two guys that you couldn't depend on. And not only is this Iron Man available, he's our best player available, and he's a consistent 25, 30 points a night. On the KD and Kyrie tip. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, Priceline. BK Nets tweets <laughs> put out a tweet that said KD was always pissed that the Nets couldn't win games without him. One of his main reasons he asked for a trade. Now the Suns literally can't compete with any team without him. And I don't know if you guys watched the NBA, but last night the Suns uh, they lost to. The Bucks and a couple nights ago, they lost to the Warriors. And uh, KD chimed in and said, but then deleted, just say you miss me. Stop being weird. No, KD, you stop being weird. He tweeted this twice. <laughs> uh, well, not tweeted. He, uh, he tweeted that and then left it in an Instagram comment. 
under like an ESPN post the the same day as well. I What's guess there to miss? A, When's right. the last time you saw KD play basketball for the Nets? It's been a while. It's been a couple months, right? What's there to miss? Were we uh, juggernauts? We we had a good December. We had a good December. Go ahead, Robin. Well, I mean, I, I think you you touched on it. I, I shared that uh, stat with some friends to mess with them, and they're like, "Well, yeah, they haven't played as many games." And I'm like, "That's part of the point. <laughs> you know, that's 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 the point." Mikael Bridges has never missed the game. Don't want to jinx that, but you know, Kyrie and KD both got traded, and now are both hurt because Kyrie's also out with some foot issue. I don't know if you saw what he said to the um, Mavs. Press. Did. Here, here we oh, go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the part of this that stood out to me. Because he said, we're going to see it's not looking good about his injury. But the part of that quote that stood out to me is he said he wants to take care of this now and not when he's 40. Um, And I get the load management aspect in the sense of if he wants to say, hey, I don't want to – this is hurt. I need to give it a day or two so that I'm not out for the year or so that I can be 100% for the playoffs. I just found the comment of, so I'll be okay when I'm 40. I'd rather take care of this now than when I'm 40 years old a little bit interesting because I know how some fans will take that and go dog we're, we're fighting for the playoffs right now you know like you're, you're supposed to to give it your all and, and deal with some of that stuff when your your career is over you sound like you sound like a coach you sound <laughs> like you're you're too focused on like team and basketball and like winning that's not how he sees this thing <laughs> and the Mavericks by the way are precariously positioned as far as just being in the play-in uh, the Suns are only two games up on being in the play-in. So it depends on how long Katie is out for. But th- that's part of the, you know, therein lies the rub, right? Because you could say, oh, I miss Katie or whatever, miss whatever this version of the team was. This version of the team was on its last legs, uh, metaphorically and, and probably literally. And this new version of the team is growing. So I, I think that's one of the, the, the big differences there. And, and, <laughs> I guess there are some fans who can't get over it, as I mentioned on the last episode. But I don't miss, I don't miss it, and and I I'm very happy with the you know the state of the franchise. I think you are in a position where you want to get a running mate for for Mikael Bridges, a, a dynamic guard at some point. But there are a lot of good players on this team. I, I think Hudson sort of uh, alluded to it a little bit before too. They've been playing a pretty good basketball over a stretch, and the, the Thunder are also playing well. And they, they kind of had a, a momentum swinging section to that game where it, it just got away. Usually that's a scheduled loss, the end of a road trip. I, I feel like we'll, we'll know about the relative quality of the Nets in this, this stretch of home games coming up. So yes. oh. I, I just wanted to read the actual Yeah, go, quote, no, go ahead, Keith. Um, so we can move past that. So this is a quote from Kyrie. I watched the game a couple nights ago where the Grizzlies beat the Mavs and Luke and Kyrie are just sitting there. Uh, He says, we're going to see, but it's not looking good. This injury on my foot, it's going to take a little bit more time than I thought. It's obviously still day-to-day, but we've just got to take more time. It's right around my big toe, right around my planter. I took a wrong step in New Orleans, and it just felt like my knuckles cracked. I just wanted to take precautionary measures at this point in the season. I make my whole entire living with my feet, so I'd rather take care of it now than when I'm 40 years old. We'd love to be out there, including myself, but we've just got to get our health right first and then try to make a push towards the end of the season. Kyrie Irving, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if that's what you want to hear from a player that is, in all honesty, a rental. 
You don't know if Kyrie's coming back. Frankly, what do Mavs fans care about how he's feeling when he's 40? I, I know it sounds cruel to say and that these these players are, are people as well. But if you're a Mavs fan, I, I would be felt, feel a little hard done by that quote because Kyrie Irving did all of that work to push his way out of Brooklyn to end up on the Mavs as a rental for the Mavs to be able to theoretically make a push, not just to maybe win a playoff series. The idea with the Mavs, with Luka, and Christian Wood is that they're a title contender adding Kyrie Irving and they are anything but, and they're certainly anything but without Luca and Kyrie on the floor at the same time, but circling all the way back uh, to the point about uh, the best ability, ability being availability. And someone in the comments said, we have to get that put on a shirt or a sweatshirt, but, and I've gone on this rant before, so I won't, I won't beat uh, the proverbial dead horse for far too long, but, people always rail on counting stats on total points on total assists on total wins on total games played. And there is good reason to right? especially in a, in a lot of sports um, you can see stats get skewed. Uh, you can see players put up a ton of points, a ton of total points on a team that isn't winning. What did they contribute to winning? When you compare Mikhail bridges over the stretch since coming to the nets to Katie and Kyrie combined, Uh, since leaving the Nets, you're in a situation where you have to tell yourself, okay, well, on one hand, no. Mikhail Bridges is not as talented. He is not as good of a pure basketball player. If you put him in 2K, he is not as good as either of those players. That is true. But you also have to ask yourself, does that really matter? Is theoretical basketball skill, is that valuable to a team? maybe from a branding perspective. But when you have Mikhail Bridges, who let's say can put up 25 points a game over an 82 game season without missing any games, is that better than Kevin Durant, who can put up 35 points a game over the course of, I don't know, 35 games? Yeah, it's tough to compare these things without like actually talking about the whole person and what they bring. Like if we're talking about player X versus player Z, that's that's one thing. But I think we all learned firsthand through this 7-Eleven, Katie, Kyrie experiment. There's just so much more that comes with these guys. And now that they're not here, we're all kind of just like, okay, it's not worth it. And we got out of it. And these guys are aging. They're both on the wrong side of 30. If you look, someone put out, I think Nets Daily put out a tweet with the ages of the Brooklyn Nets, all under 30, all 29 and younger, um, I'm I'm fine with where we're at, and I still think the bar is set to where, like I said, you know, these guys can make the playoffs, not the play-in. Still, these guys win one playoff game. They've done more than KD and Kyrie did in their last postseason with the Brooklyn Nets. That's still on the table. So, you know, there there's two. Um quick comparisons I'm going to make or, or try to tie this to, to recent news. One is Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets, essentially, right? That That's happening. And it, it's not the same, but there are feelings around it that remind me of rooting for the Nets. So, you know, I had some buddies go, oh, you're going to have your kids be Jets fans? And I was like, nah, man. I, I, I just went through what it's like to, to follow a team where there's 
like drama and anxiety all the time. And, you know, maybe that won't be the, the same because the NFL is not the NBA and, and people are bored and they need something to talk about. So every aspect of the Rodgers thing has been dissected. It wasn't exactly all his fault. But I think you, you, you get the point there when it's this idea of a championship. Oh, he's there. You're going to win a championship. And then it's like, that's it. If you don't win a championship, it's a failure. And that's a lot of anxiety and pressure uh, to root for. And then I, I tie that into what Damian Lillard said um, when he, he said that uh, the ring culture in the NBA really bothers him. And, and I think I hinted at this on the, the pod uh, in the episode or two ago, though, uh, because somebody had sent me um, – Send me a Slack or a comment or they didn't send me a Slack. I don't work with them. Uh, send me a comment or a tweet or whatever saying, well, you know, it's the only goal is to win a championship. And yeah, the goal is to win a championship. And the goal of the front office is to put the team into a position to win the championship year in and year out. But that's not the only thing that matters. Last night's game against the Thunder mattered to us, right? We, we watched and we felt bad when the Nets – Blew a 16-point a, a lead. The game against the Nuggets mattered to us. 1.9 seconds left. My son and I are watching. We embrace after. Uh, the, the game against the Wolves mattered to us. Same deal. I'm watching with my kids through overtime. The development of Mikhail Bridges matters to us. You know, Spencer Dinwiddie and, and how he, he, he conducts himself with the officials matters to us. You know, he's a guy that's been here and, and, and is back again. All these things matter to us. And that counts. That counts. So if you're telling me the only thing that matters is a championship, then what is the point of everything else from the start and in between? And, and that has to matter. And, and, and I think that's what has level set um, the fan base, the franchise, and everything else, that it, it's not only the championship, though that's what you you ultimately want. I, I had to step out. Did you get to this point talking about what Damian Lillard said? Yeah, yeah. That, that's why I used as a reference point, yeah. Good. And Robin, I have to say, you know, like, let's let's take the the other side of it. Let's say a championship is the only thing that matters, period, full stop. I don't believe that. I agree with what you said. But let's take that side. Is Kevin Durant and a Kyrie Irving who doesn't want to be here and will shut himself down and not play? Is that the route to a championship? What well, is I, I, giving Kyrie? These guys a haven't max? won a chip in years. Like, and, is and that they, the, like, they won it with two of the greatest right. players, LeBron and Curry, next to them. From the perspective of the Nets fans who are saying all that matters is a championship, this is on Marks and side. We had to win a championship. We have to win a championship. That's why we don't trade them. Do you genuinely think that we were ever going to win a championship with Kyrie Irving not on the floor and Kevin Durant on one leg? Well, you know, I, I guess you could easily make the case they had a better chance to win the championship this season. But they weren't going to win the championship this season. I think this Nets team has a better chance to win the championship next year, depending on what happens exactly. in the summer. And the so, year after that. And then the year after it's that. Too narrow. <laughs> it's too narrow of a sample size. If that is only the only thing that matters, the Nets are in a better, because I didn't think they were going to win this year. I think the Nets are in, the better, in a better position to win a championship now in the next five years than they were before these trades. Because quite honestly... They have depreciating assets who don't clearly one of them doesn't want to play and the other one is chronically online and is so committed to, to wanting to be missed that, you know, he's he's not providing much value. Let's play his voicemail. We'll take the questions in the chat and then we'll wrap this up. 
He'd be uh, typing when I when I had that DM back, not the the one on public, but the DM one. I, I I would say something, and then he'd be responded, and he he respond, and then when I went to respond to what he was gonna say, I see him typing, and he'd type another thing before I could respond to what he initially said, and I was like, "Wow!" Because <laughs> he's thinking the whole time. He's like, he's like, "Whatever I say, he's got to get to him." Yeah, and if it doesn't get to him, he can screenshot it and let the world see it, and I'll take this L. Like, bruh, we can't be doing all that. We can't be doing all that. It's not that serious. It's never that serious. What's up, y'all? Tough loss against OKC yesterday, man. I don't know why Luke Door always going off against us. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, please shut up and stop complaining about the refs all the time. Please, bro, you are not a star. You are not going to get those calls. But I did see some wild statistics about that man not getting some calls. Hope somebody investigates that, man. But all the turnovers he was having was not it. Um... Uh, Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson have to shoot the ball more, please. Like, we need to start setting up more plays for those two. They really cannot be taking all those shots and shooting that poorly. Um, in other news, Katie, Kyrie, I hear y'all talking about them on the pod right now. Um, they look pathetic. Both are injured. Both t- And both of their teams, without them, really can't function and can't win games because they both gave up their depth and or picks, to, which – are things that we have now. So I just, I still say we win the trade. I know there ain't no results and I know we ain't going for chips and whatnot, but at the same time, I still feel like we win. So let's continue to keep it going. And, uh, you know, GG's. Let's go next. Brooklyn. Yes, sir. Um, I just think karma is kicking their ass right now. And I've said that before. Uh, it has nothing to do with their injuries. It has to do with you thinking you're so mighty and powerful it has to do with you thinking that you can just control things and force your way and not thinking of others i said this on the radio the other night like let this be a cautionary tale it was a cautionary tale for nets fans going the superstar route when it started all of the expectations of the finals winning a chip finally we have the pieces we have the stars that you need in the nba to win a chip Kyrie won a chip KD won a chip. They're going to come here and do this. No, look how it ended. And all things considered, it ended in a way that I told you was going to wear worse on them than us. And right away, it is wearing worse on them. There's nobody looking at the Brooklyn Nets right now saying, wow, they're decimated. They can't compete. They can't win. They're about to be a lottery pick. There's people looking at the Brooklyn Nets saying, hold on, they're figuring it out. And, yeah, we lost to OKC last night, but it's the NBA. You're going to lose games. People are looking at the Nets like they could make some noise and they might be a tough out in the playoffs. So we'll see, man. Um, We'll take the chat questions now and uh, we'll wrap this thing up. I didn't really want this to be longer than, like, 30 minutes. Is it worth keeping Nerland's Noel for size? If you ask me, no, because I've seen Dorian Finney-Smith. I've seen uh, Royce O'Neal. Uh, I've seen these guys kind of fill in and figure it out. They might bring him back, though, because of this joker, Ben Simmons. What do you think of the Ben Simmons situation? I think he's a lost cause. He's a waste of money and a roster space. He's not going to come back. And if he does, he's not going to be what anybody needs him to be for this team. You guys' thoughts? Well, uh, I, I forget what account tweeted. Uh, Describe Ben Simmons in three words or less. I said DNP. Uh, that's basically what you <laughs> three <use>. letters. <laughs> yeah, th- since he's he's been here. Well, uh, who knows what's going to happen with that? But I don't expect it back this season. Noel could be kept, I guess, 
in the event that they play a team with a certain player play like Play Dayron those seven minutes. Joel Embiid or whatever. Point being, I agree with you. The small ball lineups are better. They are more effective. You know, Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal, whomever at the center, they're, the Nets are a better team when they de- deploy that personnel. It also allows them to really spread. Like, they'll put those bench units out there, and it's the, the minutes that Seth Curry's playing and Joe Harris is playing. So you, you're really splitting, spreading the floor for the shooters, too. So I, I think they're better off going small with the second unit. Yeah, and I certainly understand the argument for keeping Nerland's Noel, right? And that couples with the Ben Simmons thing. If the Nets are not going to have Ben Simmons, which they are not, right? They do theoretically want someone to be that kind of a big who can step in in that situation, right? But when you are in a situation where the value you're getting from Nerland's Noel is not greater than the value you are getting from a small ball lineup, even if you are losing some of that value on the defensive end, you're losing some of that size. I don't see any reason why you need to keep Nerlens Noel unless you are going to only play him in very, very specialized situations, which I think would be the reality if the Nets kept him. But moving in on the on the uh, Ben Simmons point, and uh, our guy John in the chat asked, do we believe these picks that we picked up are to be used eventually or eventually to be traded? And I'm going to couple those two points and say, I think some of those picks are going to be used to offset value in trading away Ben Simmons this summer. I think the the Nets... And not to cut you off, Hudson, I didn't take any of those other questions about like off-season moves and stuff. We're not there yet. We'll have plenty of time to pod and plot and and speculate on the off-season. We're in this season, fellas. Like, Let's see where these guys go and let the chips fall where they may. The future's bright for the Brooklyn Nets. There's no reason to waste time today speculating on what Sean Marks is going to do or not do with these picks. Uh, we have you know, two podcasts a week that will hit them. Uh, let's yeah, see. I just don't think anyone should be worried about Ben Simmons's future with the Nets. I just don't think he there is one. none. They're not paying another season of no, it's not, it's not going down. They'll cut bait. That's all we've got. Appreciate everybody pulling up. We got a last minute voicemail in uh, you guys sending questions in the chat, pulling up late notice. I know I didn't even get home till five to tweet out that we were going to pod today, but that's another quick pod 30 minutes. And obviously uh, if you guys follow, you know, NBA.com, they put up the playoff picture and the Nets have dropped to the sixth seed where we'd be facing Philadelphia. It'd be you know, a little similar to what, 2018, 2019, the year that after we decided to start this pod. Um, but it's obviously completely different teams. I much rather face our old buddies in Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, uh, get that five seed and face Cleveland. But, you know, those Knicks fans want to see Donovan Mitchell. And uh, who knows, man? I, I I don't know. I know Miami's got a tough one tonight. Miami faces Memphis tonight. We'll see what they do against them. And for the Nets, the Nets are returning home. I think we saw Josai tweet about that. I don't know how you guys feel about Josai. I looked at the comments, and it was not looking like people were feeling him. But tomorrow, Kings, Nets, the Nuggets, Nets, Sunday. And then we've got this little home-and-home home series against the Cavaliers. We'll definitely have a pod, maybe two. Uh, before all that's done that's all we've got folks appreciate y'all let's go nets let's go nets brooklyn